mean, let's go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the very first of 2023. Shoes off for the blue and green, a York United Twitter spaces from the supporters. My uh, my name is York Supporters. Um <laughs> And I am your host for today's uh, Twitter Spaces. I'm one of three co-hosts, and I will uh, introduce them both. And thank you both for joining me on this lovely Thursday evening. Uh, first up, we have Josh. How's it going? Good, good. And uh, also joining us, having just watched the Canada U20 game, is Namu. <laughs> That's right. Hey, guys. And uh, it was actually the Korea versus Honduras U20 game that I watched. <laughs> Okay, that's who's playing. Okay, how did uh, how did Korea do? You know, like uh, we made uh, the big uh, upset win over uh, France uh, a few days ago, and that was like the opening day of the tournament, right? So it kind of started off the tournament with a bang, uh, and we just had like a difficult draw, like a two two uh, uh, two two draw with uh, Honduras. And you know, I I really uh, treat the U twenty World Cup as a, a serious tournament. It's basically like the World Juniors. Right, and you know how they treat the uh, the World Juniors like so big in hockey, right? Like in Canada, so you know it's like the World Juniors of uh, soccer right here, man. Yep. Sorry, were you gonna say something, Josh? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, no, exactly. The uh, the U twenty is always a pretty important tournament to watch. You just either uh, you're up and comers and figure out who's gonna be the next star. Yeah, with the U-20s, too. I mean, those are some players that are already, like, we know all too well that are going to be some of your stars, some of your best players on your team. <laughs> Might be some 19- or 20-year-olds. And, um, I again, I am a bit newer to, to kind of some of these kind of tournaments. Like, will you see those those kind of top-level players play if they're they're kind of on the, the, the top team internationally or is it like is it a mix of, of everything because you'll kind of, sometimes see in the Olympics like so, some teams will go all out like I've seen like Neymar play for Brazil in the Olympics but then again some teams kind of don't really send their A team to, to different tournaments so exactly right so you know the okay the last U20 World Cup was uh, four years ago and you know who the golden boot for that tournament was Take one guess, the hottest striker in the world right now. Oh, is it uh, Mr. Erling Holland? Mr. Erling Holland was the Golden Boot winner in the U20 World Cup four years ago for Norway. He, I think, uh, in one of the group stages, he had like four goals or five goals in a match or something like that. And at the time, I think he was still with uh, his uh, uh, Austrian club, I think. I think he was probably with the Red Bull Salzburg, if I want to guess. Maybe even with his uh, Norwegian yeah. team, right? So we kind of like, you know, it was kinda like, wow, what is up with this guy? Like, is, he, is this a freak of nature? Like, what's going to happen? And look at him four years uh, since then, right? So it is a big tournament for sure. And you're right, the Olympics, that's kind of like the, the U23 World Cup. But it's also true that, uh, you know, like, um, they don't always send their best U23s. And then you got that overage players for the Olympics. So then it kind of like, it's like a mishmash of uh, whatever, right? So, you're right. I don't treat the Olympics uh, that seriously either. But the U20 World Cup, man, yeah, it's got all the um, the best uh, phenoms. Like, uh, the golden balls from before, like Messi, Aguero, Pogba, uh, and my guy, uh, Lee Gang-in, last uh, four years ago. All these guys are, uh, you know, well, like these are, like, big names, right? So, it's a, it's a sick tournament for sure, man. Yeah. That's sweet. I, I uh, will we'll try to catch it now if I can. I just looked it up while I was uh... Um, 
he was on uh, Molde, Molde? <laughs> um, for, I think they were a Norwegian side in 2018. Kind of looks the same even back yeah. then. And he would have been, what's he right now? I guess he's 22, so he would have been an 18 year old about that in that tournament his birthday's right in the summer 17 or 18 i guess if it, he hadn't had his birthday yet so he was probably managed wow. by uh ole gunner uh, while he was in old mm. during uh that uh around that time because uh Solskjaer, uh said like uh about a week ago he said uh you know like uh, when i was uh at mold or whatever like i recommended holland to man U, and they could have signed him for four million pounds four years ago right and look what's happened since so, yeah. <laughs> Everyone would have jumped at that, even paid him a little bit more than that. <laughs> well, uh, let's, get, let's get started with our favorite team locally that uh, doesn't quite have Erling Holland, but we had a, a few guys on the field that gave that kind of performance and those kind of shots on the field when we played on... Um, geez, I forget what day of week it was now, but Sunday, <laughs> the 20th, was it? Um, against Halifax Wanderers. And looking this up live, live, live show. Um, against the Halifax Wanderers, where we win 3-0 with um, two goals in the first half. Uh, both of our center mids, center defensive mids, if you will, scoring uh, the... Um, Goals separated with one in between from Osama Alou and uh, with Austin Ritchie getting multiple assists. I don't think actually credited with the second half Samaro goal, but he obviously caused it. It kind of deflected off uh, a couple of guys that went straight to Samaru with his first uh, goal for the nine stripes just a minute into the second half. Um, like I said, a lose goal kind of later in the first half. And the very first goal was a outside-the-box strike straight along the the, tur- the, uh, the turf grass. No, there are grass fields there. Straight along the grass to uh, right to the um, the right of Filion, who, who just couldn't get there. It was Baldissimo who got his first goal of the season. So all three of those uh, guys got their first goal. Um, of the year in the um, in the Canadian Premier League. So they tie our top leading goal scorer uh, with one goal apiece, which is now uh, split by five or six players now, um, if you're just looking at the Canadian Premier League uh, and, and suffering the Voyagers Cup. But overall, I think our best performance of the season. What do you guys think? Oh, for sure. That was, um, that was what we've been waiting to see through the whole, the whole season thus far. Um, hasn't been the greatest season up until this point, but like watching that, that's the team to that's the team that's going to be a real contender. Like some of the performances we saw there, like Max, I don't I don't know if Max got a lot of the credit that he deserved for that one, but the the tackles he was doing were just absolutely phenomenal. We saw Nico with some great saves, and I mean Ricci, love having him back, really proven himself, uh, and has, has kind of come out of the the weeds and has shown that he's probably one of the, the, the leading players in the CPL right now, in my opinion. Yeah. It was like the kind of performance that uh, makes you, uh, you know, like believe in this team and, uh, you know, you could kickstart like a run or something like that, uh, you know, like three nil away uh, in Halifax in front of that crowd. And I want to say um, the, uh, the third goal, uh, the one that uh, Brent finished off with the rebound. I want to say that the, the passing that we uh, had, as a team to get out of our own half and to make it all the way down the pitch, 
I want to say that's probably the, the one of the best, if not the the best play I've ever seen. Uh, York United, like uh, like a best uh, passing sequence. It was beautiful to watch, man. Yeah, the the ball control on that one was absolutely phenomenal. And just like everyone was in the right place, moving the ball exactly where it had to go. It was just yeah, that was a very beautiful play. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's right, almost right as the second half starts. York United was absolutely clicking. Not to say that, uh, you know, Halifax weren't, you know, hadn't woken up yet for the second half. They, uh, I think we can just put all the praise to York United. It goes player to player, player, mostly on the, on the left side of the field there, but going all the way between the, uh, between the defense, between the midfield, and just, uh, like, making the right runs uh, when you need to. And again, the uh, the uh, shout out to, I was going to mention this a little bit later, but it's a perfect time right now, the Canadian Premier League Player of the Week uh, honors for Austin Ricci, who absolutely deserves it, uh, who bombs down that left side. And then uh, for the, the third uh, final touch, and he sends it in. Um, and then, Clement uh, Baez right there, but so is a Halifax defender, but it goes right to Brem. And again, perfect uh, positioning multiple times, not just on that goal for York, but for other goals where the positioning is just phenomenal. And just the passing, there's, there's when you can do that one touch passing like that, it's like our chant. Uh, it's like watching Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so, so I would uh, love to. Uh, we have a very special guest who we're always awesome, uh, very, very happy when we have join us on, on one of these chats. Um, the president, general manager. I think there's uh, probably some other ones that I'm forgetting, but he runs <laughs> York United, and we're happy. Man to have of him. And I think he's uh, he's probably sorry. What was that? Man of many hats. Yeah. Exactly. And. And uh, uh, the winning hat uh, is the one that we had uh, this weekend. It was uh, the game on Saturday. Would you say that it was the best one of the season? It was just kind of the work that the guys have been going toward. Uh, Angus McNabb? Hi, guys. Evening. Um, yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? 3-0 away up there. Five and a half, six thousand people. And um, it's... It's that amazing thing in football when you've got a group of guys that are really determined to go out and do something. Um, and that Brem goal at the start of the second half, it's that beautiful moment in football when you're the away team and you just shut up 6,000 people. Um, it, it, and it was bizarre watching it. Like It was a really, really key moment and, and I think a key learning for our squad in um, when you get the chance to take momentum and energy away from someone, you've got to do it. Um, and, and I think you just saw the atmosphere around the ground. Like I think you could feel it through the television, how it changed um, in that moment. And um, I think some of the, the comments there from Namu on the passing move, um, he didn't score at the weekend. He's not got off the mark yet, but... Osaze's role in that goal is very important. Um, but if you actually watch the distance Brem covers from the kickoff to putting that ball in, um, and the distance he covered all game, he covered near 12 kilometres in that match. Um, he, he was absolutely exceptional. 
Um, and that's what we knew we were getting of him when he came in. Um, unfortunately, he's not been able to play in that six role as often. Um, and he's just rolled his sleeves up and got on with things. Um, but him and Baldy, I thought, were fantastic. And um, it, it's something that came out from behind the scenes um, with Baldy. Baldy got called to do the media after the game. And uh, it was quite funny. He said to the, the Halifax media guy, well, they only want to speak to me because I scored. I've had plenty of better games than that. Um, and he's right. And, and, and I just love that and the attitude around the squad right now. Um, it's been a hard couple of weeks. Um, the guys have come in for a bit of flack. Um, but they righted this themselves. Um, themselves, Martin Nash, Maro Stacchio, the staff there. They put that together and they did that. Um, Camillo as well, obviously, as well. Barry Smith, all of the guys in that coaching staff, Michael Higby, Laura and the medical staff, Casey and the medical staff. Like, um, they, they have just really got on with things. Um, and you don't, look, you don't get a lot of time to look back fondly on these things because we've got a really tough game on Sunday against Cavalry. Angus, I wanted to say, you know, like uh, that passing uh, play, you could see like multiple triangles, like uh, form itself on that pitch. Like, uh, you know, I saw a triangle between, uh, I want to say, Faye, Alou, and Brem. And then uh, there was another triangle between maybe, uh, I want to say, maybe Osase, Brem, and uh, Richie to uh, spring him free. Like, you know, you see these multiple triangles. And that's, all we, that's what we always talk about when we talk about passing out of uh, the back, passing out of trouble and all that, right? And I wanted to ask, like, uh, what you just said right now. You said uh, all the, you know, the coaches like dig, dug in, uh, and made this like uh, manifest itself. Like, uh, did you, like, uh, did did you or the coaching staff like see something uh, different? Did you guys like uh, prep a little bit differently um, for this game after the the back to back like four four one losses? Right, you know, we had a four one loss against Vancouver. Then we had a four one loss against Pacific. And did the boys go? You know, like obviously this is not acceptable. Like obviously we have to train. You know, like. 110% as we always do, but was there something extra that you saw? Like, what was the, what, what was the change in the mindset or the pr preparation? Um, I'll go back to the first bit, 4-1 losses, right? So, 4-1 loss against Vancouver. You saw last night against Pacific. Um, that's a good Vancouver team. We got to 66, 67 minutes, and the ball goes in off the back of, like, Elijah's arse into the goal. Um, like what, what can you do and it takes some energy out of you um, we had chances to that point as well um, we then you're also the only EPL team to score on an MLS team yeah and, and, and that's fine but I think the bigger bit in that is <laughs> we've all created chances whether it was Pacific last night um, whether it was Forge against Montreal whether it was ourselves um everyone's created chances when they've come up against MLS opposition. Um, we, you just see, again, it, it is a real game. Modern football is a game of momentum and energy. You've got a lot of teams who are capable of creating chances and the best teams take them. Um, and the teams that finish at the top end take them. Um, you're creating, everyone is trying to create, and Namu mentions these triangles, these great passing moves. Everyone is trying to create shooting opportunities as close to goal as possible to have a higher probability of scoring, a higher XG on every shot. Um, it's what teams look at. It's how they evaluate play. 
It's all of these things. But equally, as teams are set up to try and achieve that, teams are set up to try and combat it. So it, it's a, sometimes it comes to a mindset thing and it clicking. And I think for us in Halifax at the weekend, uh, we were front foot when we were out of possession. Um, we really didn't let them settle. Um, I think there's been a lot made of the changes Patrice has made in Halifax and how he's building up play and, and things there. Uh, but there were certain things that we felt we could go at. Um, and there were certain things that we felt with the personnel, not just the 11 that started, but the entire squad, how we can get at teams um, and be more aggressive in our press. Um, Osaze is a very good athlete and press as well. Brian has covered a lot of ground as well and pressed well and maybe not got the support from others and responding to his triggers when he's gone. Um, and that came together very well for us on the weekend. So the passing and things there, Nashi's always on at the guys to play quicker. He's always asking them, can that be one touch instead of two? Can that be two touches instead of three? Um, and can we play faster? And I, I think things just click for us. Um, we had chances before the ball went in from Baldy. Um, but like he took the space, he drove forward, he was aggressive, and he took the shot on. And that generated us momentum. The thing that I love in terms of Namu saying um, the passing and the movement and the triangles on, on Brem's goal, if you actually look at Us's goal, like the ball's played into him from reach, but there's also Clem streaming and firing forward on the right. Once the pass is given, reach continues on and goes forward and pulls like, and, and creates doubt for the centre-back in is someone going in behind. Lass is bombing on. Um, there's someone else coming into shot, I think, as like a, a as a fifth man um, at the back, it's either Brem or Baldy as well. So that movement and that desire that when we go, we all go, um, has been really, really important. Um, and and also, like, look, we, we've got a bit healthier as well. Taz coming back in has been big for us. Um, Max is putting together a run of things. Clem coming back in and starting now to find a little bit of rhythm. I think, again, in all of this, like some of the performances were lost in the scoreline. Um, Clem was a pest as well. Like The number of balls that flew across the six-yard box, the number of times that he found little pockets and, and Oost just made the pass. Like, that's really pleasing for us. And it's not necessarily just about like the 11 people that will play. It's about the fact that, uh, or the 18 that were in that squad that won at Halifax. It's the return to fitness and getting closer in, like Johnny's starting to get closer and got some minutes at the end. Mikey Petrazzo's got minutes in two games um, and is starting to look sharp. And if you look at the isolated moments from him, he's taking people on and beating the first man again. Um, that's going to be a real asset to us. And then you've got Mo and Jeremy to come back in as well. And you guys just see Friday night, Saturday or Sunday. But what that does for us as a group in the training environment during the week is absolutely vital um, because the quality is much higher, the competition is higher. And 
like we're going to be at the point where it's not going to be 18 fit bodies in a squad. Um, now she's going to have to drop some senior players. Um, and, and that is hard, but it's what everyone in this group signed up for was that we believe this group has something and we believe we can kick on. Um, we've got two very hard games in the next seven days. Um, and then a road trip off the back of that. But it's exciting um, because we've got to just keep putting it together now. And I was so glad that uh, you mentioned uh, for the last game, you mentioned the, the overlaps uh, on the uh, Alu's goal, like uh, with uh, Richie and the Alu like, overlapping each other like multiple times uh, for each other, right? So that you know, they can create space for each other. And I'm also so happy that you mentioned the pressing because uh, we were saying on the, the live uh, match chat that we have, on both uh, Facebook Messenger and on Discord, we were we noticed the press, we noticed the the aggressiveness, we noticed the tackles that were flying in all game long. Like it was a complete different mindset you could see from the previous week. Like those uh, the boys came out to fight. Uh, we thought Max uh, led with example. Like he was sliding in like multiple times, right? We saw Tass sliding in multiple times. We saw the whole team pressing. So we're really hoping that energy off the ball whether you're on offense or whether you're on defense, we hope to see that energy continue to translate to future games, especially now that the squad is getting healthier as well too, right? And my one like last quick question for you is, you know, I'm noticing like during the, uh, the when I'm watching these games, especially for our league matches, I feel like we've been incredibly unlucky in front of net, just like we uh, were to start the last season as well. Like I know you talked about XG as well, and I feel like uh, both Dero and Brian Wright They've been robbed on numerous occasions by like some really fantastic saves. I want to say like uh, you're probably looking at the XG and such. I'm gonna say that we're probably underperforming our XG quite a bit compared to other teams because we're getting robbed on some of these chances. Yeah, I think going into last weekend, we had underperformed our XG by about six goals. Um, <laughs> like we we created more big chances than anyone else in the league, um, and that that was a problem. We also in the the Vancouver loss, um, that two one loss, the we were actually written to by the the referees and sort of we we all across the league get a, a report um, across key incidents in games in where there may have been like whether sort of decisions would be supported, um, whether they would be like logic in see how they could see. Um, how a decision was made or if the decision was incorrect. Um, we, we should have had a penalty against Vancouver ourselves in like the 92nd minute that sort of got glossed over. Um, and that would have made that 2-2. And again, not great in terms of the performance and what we gave away. But um, yeah, in terms of that was of our own making and was a very early season performance. Um, our XG in that game, it just the probability on it all was not that we look at was not something that we should have come away with no points. Um, there have been other games that are similar. Um, and that's just the way it goes in terms of like you, sometimes the luck will go for us. Um, people will say that it did in the cup game against Vancouver with the loose penalty. Um, it's funny in ninety percent of other leagues in the world, even with VAR, whatever else, there's a contact there. That's a penalty. Um, does he make more of it? Maybe, but like 
sometimes when there's things that haven't been given, um, players go down when there's contact in the box. Um, and then it's on a referee to make a decision. So I have no problems with what Oost did there and in drawing the penalty. Um, so, yeah, we, we have underperformed XG in some situations. But I think, look, when you've looked at what the boys have done over recent weeks, whether it's... Um, and again, I mentioned it, the the Vancouver game, like we have a couple of chances that if that's going to be your day, you've got to take them. Um, but even the Pacific game, we get back to 2-1. Um, there's the save that uh, Gazdoff makes off Brian. Uh, there's the one-on-one that he makes off Ricci. Um, we've got to put those away. Um, and our guys knew that. And I think guys knowing that they've got a point to prove. Um, I think you maybe saw that in Reach's performance, that he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to take control of my own destiny a little bit here and, and work really, really hard. Um, and a lot of the time in football, in life and whatever else, if you really, really put the effort in, um, you're going to get results. And that's a bloke that like, yeah, I think everyone across the league, when he's made player of the week, goes, yeah, that's that's deserved, not just for what he did in Halifax last weekend, um, but coming back after two ACL reconstructions and, and not just doing it, but doing it in like the good humour and like being such a positive force around our club while he's done it. Um, he's a really good bloke. Um, and that was uh, a really special moment for him and for us all this week. Please, uh, uh, you know what, uh, Jason, please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, was going to say it was uh, amazing uh, to see, especially we've had uh, like a lot of excitement when uh, Richie originally joined us, but it, it was a season cut short a bit last year. But this year, just I think seeing it, what, what really, like he, he played pretty well leading up to it, but I think for me, just seeing um in the uh, Voyagers Cup, the strike against Vancouver, just like the abs- the, the whip he had on, on that kind of shot. It's like, oh, R- Richie's back, isn't he? Uh, just a really small move that he did that really caught my eye. And the Halifax game was on uh, Osama Alou's goal right after Richie passes to Alou and he's starting to carry it in. Richie's then making that darting run and, and pointing, and then I'm sitting there. Even I was drawn into saying, oh, he's going to pass to Richie here. And then it just takes all the defense away for uh, Lou to take that that really nice shot. So it's so great yeah, to I was, Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, on, on a loose shot, like, Richie's movement's great, but I was actually chatting to um, uh, Anthony Abbott from uh, Down the Pub Pod earlier in the week, and he was actually... Uh, sitting in the press area um, at the Wanderers Grounds at the weekend. And so he was like right behind the strike from Alou. And he was saying they didn't quite come across how special it was on TV because of the angle. Um, but the hit and dip on that is absolutely like perfect to take it away from the keeper. Um, and was a, I don't know whether it's the angle at the Wanderers Grounds, whether it's a little bit lower than you would traditionally get. It's certainly lower than we have a, a YLS as a camera position. Um, but there's a lot of people questioning, could the keeper have done more? Um, that's a near impossibility from where he stood at his starting position to get anywhere close to that with the hit and dip and like the, the vertical movement on that ball. 
Ingus, did you get a chance to ask the league why they didn't nominate uh, Alu to the team of the week as well? You know, like Richie deserved it, Brem deserved it, but Alu, Alu definitely deserved to be on that team of the week as well. He had a goal and an assist. You know, the assist on the uh, Baldisma goal yeah. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's subjective, isn't it? I mean, I think uh, Christian Jack and, uh, and Oliver um, Platt from One Soccer uh, pull that together every week in a bit of a collaboration. Um, I don't know. I think Cavalry got uh, quite a few boys in there for just two goals. We had three. We should have had a couple more. Um, but uh, like, I, I'm always going to root for our guys um, in it. But I think uh, it's really cliched, but every bloke in our team wouldn't care if they're team of the week, player of the week, whatever. Um, they want three points. So... I think it was Oos's best performance for us. Um, it's what we saw when we signed him. And I think people have still got to remember that he's a young player. He's, he is under 21. Um, he's been brought in under the under 21 player initiative um, for foreign guys, the same as we look at domestic. And um, he's, a, he's a guy who we really believe can continue to progress and do more. I want to I want to jump in here. Uh, while we have you, I guess I have a, a question for you. So I think it would be fair to say that York has probably been one of the most unlucky clubs when it comes to injuries. Um, do we have any updates on some of the guys who have been out? Uh, maybe especially Mo. Yeah, Mo's progressing well. Um, he's been back in, and uh, if you see any of uh, Rob's pictures this week, um, he's back in with the group. He, he's doing more. He's not on sort of isolated individual work and things there. Um, Jeremy Leperay, like I think if last weekend was uh, CPL Cup um, and sort of a playoff series, he probably could have gone. Um, but we've got a lot of time to go still. So like that, those guys are moving on. Um, Roger's been back into some team activity this week. Um, Elijah uh, just wasn't quite there on the weekend um, but he's progressing well too and, and Theo Athwork is, is still to schedule um, he's at schedule maybe a fraction ahead of where the uh, surgeon in Germany thought he was so yeah good progress for us all um, and I think that was that was the other bit about what we looked at as the team's travel plans for last week um, where we had like Rog and Mo, Theo stay back in Ontario um, to receive treatment with Casey DeBello on our medical staff and things there. And uh, other guys sort of travel with us, um, with the squad, um, purely and simply. And when we looked at the best, most efficient way of travel um, and actually the most cost-effective way was to turn it into a three-leg trip um, rather than doing two return flights and losing an additional day as well, um, was pretty critical on that. So we gained a, a training day um, rather than having to do things. And even with the cost of uh, a little bit of extra accommodation for a couple of nights, um, it balanced off and was still significantly cheaper than doing two return flights last week. I think... Uh, a- Angus- Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Amir. 
Oh, you know what, Jason, you go ahead, and I had a quick question uh, after as well. I'll go after you. Yeah, just uh, really about the, the, the trip and the flight right there. I think it was a good idea. I, I just saw on a player's Instagram that they were in Halifax. Uh, what, what I thought was like, oh, it's pretty early on. Like, they had just finished uh, being in BC. But I like the idea. I think just as a reset, I mean, it's a, I think a couple of us here uh, have uh, either roots in the East Coast, or in my case, I just visited. Uh, I think it's a nice place, and they probably – just um the the team's always kind of been road warriors so i think that that time probably together and and everything just really clicked uh for this uh time around but go ahead uh with your question namu uh, my question was, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say, I was going to mention quick that, uh, you know, like uh, we obviously all listened to the, the podcast that you did with uh, Chris, Josh and Ronan, super informative. Then, uh, uh, you know, like some of us were also listening to the, uh, the podcast that you did with, uh, I think, uh, Andrew McVicker, I forget his name exactly, but, uh, you know, the footy first with uh, Nico and his partner, right? All like yep. super informative stuff for sure, right? Uh, but you know, like for us, you know, like uh, we're trying to focus on what we can impact, what we can affect, you know, because uh, there's so much unknowns that I'm sure you're dealing with and all that, right? Uh, my question to you was, um, have you seen some of the the hashtags that uh the supporters have been putting on the uh, on Twitter or uh on Discord over the last uh, week or two? You know, like uh, we've been uh kind of like talking about uh NCTV. Uh, we talked before kind of like about uh, portable toilets in the, at YLS and stuff like that. And I was just wondering if you had kind of seen some of that stuff or if the staff had told you about that kind of stuff. Like, uh, what were your kind of thoughts on that? Because those are the like, little things that we're kind of hoping that we can uh, do to kind of like keep boosting YLS and YU while we're here. You know what I mean? Like the, things, the little things that we can do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on, on the stadium infrastructure and things there, um, look, the it's maybe not the answer you want to hear, um, but it, but it's the honest one, is that we've already spent a considerable amount on infrastructure to put the supporters' stand and things in there. Um, and to be very, very blunt, very, very honest, we need to sell more tickets in there. That sort of area of the ground needs to generate more revenue um, for more further investment to be made. Um, you'd be astonished at the cost of like additional porta potties, things like that. Um, at this moment in time, to make those kind of infrastructure improvements um, isn't on the agenda um, because it, it's just very, very difficult to justify from a dollars and cents perspective. Um, because I, my belief in it is firmly that the investment in the supporters section and the standing area is a far greater one um, than anything else that we could do around that building um, in bringing atmosphere and bringing noise and doing everything there. Um, so the, the, there is not much else we can, we can do on that front. Um, what was the second part of the question, Amu? Sorry. Oh, uh, you know, about like a NCTV, uh, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen the clips on YouTube or Instagram and stuff like that. And, you know, like, uh, I think there's like discussions uh, for him about like a, a media pass or something like that. That's what, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand it. Um, some of that is completely out with the club's control. Um, the media rights inside stadium are for one soccer. Um, they are our broadcast partner. And they own the AV rights in stadium. 
from the teams were going out to warm-ups until the very last player is in the changing rooms after the final whistle. Um, so the, and when you look at fan TV around the world, um, it's shot outside the stadium. Um, so there's, there's not a great deal we can do there because we're dealing with not just domestic, but a company that is involved in the international rights market um, in Media Pro all over the world. So um, I, I understand that it might do something there. Um, and on the actual media pass side of it, um, it's a very different sort of setup there in that this isn't sort of uh, a, a, what would a media pass do there in terms of access? Because from what I see, the construct of the bit, the um, the content that's produced is fan interviews in the stadium and everything else that sits there. So it's... Again, not the uh, maybe not what you want here, but you know, I always appreciate uh, things that are you know we don't want to hear stuff like that. No, because you know, like honest discussion is always uh, going to propel us forward uh, more than anything else, right? So no, like all these uh, feed- feedback is super helpful for sure, and you know we want to make sure to relay that uh, for sure, right? And uh, you know, like hopefully, like. Um, <coughs> Uh, NCTV can figure out a solution. Like uh, you know, you see the benefits uh, to the the fan TV for sure. Like you see everybody having fun, the kids having fun, like when the when they're in the support stand, all that kind of stuff, right? And for the uh, you know, like for the the toilets, you know, like I you you saw like uh, how we packed the the stand for the 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 last home game versus Vancouver, right? So you know, we're definitely trying to fill that up, trying to make it as fun as possible. Like all this is related for sure. So you know, we're definitely trying our best uh, for sure. And we're just trying to hopefully, you know, make our business case to you and to the staff, you know. So, you know, all, all is no, fair for, for sure. sure. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, look, if, we, if we're not just sort of filling it and making it look full, but if we are actually not selling 200 GA tickets into that, it becomes a very different discussion. Um, and there are things that we can look at there for sure. Um, but actually getting... Um, more paid seats in through the gate is very important for us uh, um, and is something that we were, we will be looking to bring on some more staff in the uh, very short term. Um, we've had some adding to our current staffing and adding to Brittany's team in this to uh, backfill some staff that, that left. Um, in, in, in the early part of the year, in the late part of last year, um, to really support that. And I can't say enough about how supportive um, the league have been on that um, as our owners right now in looking to make further investments in the club to help us grow attendance, um, which I think, again, is just an unbelievably positive sign in the, the sort of the belief in Commissioner Noonan and people around CPLHQ in ourselves as a club and Toronto as a market. We actually uh, had a topic about that that we might get into right now. Is the thing was the the York United sale to uh, CSV, and like yeah, from our perspective, it's just been smooth sailing as usual. And uh, I I spoke actually with Anthony and, and down the pub as well. 
um, about like I was like, yeah, it's smooth sailing. Like we'll support um, obviously the current group right now, and then it it uh, sounds like from uh, Commissioner Noonan, I think it was Footy Prime, where like he, he's like, yeah, York, we expect them to be exactly where they are in the future and keep them there and keep the plans. And that, that's really exciting for us. Like we really want um, to see, you know, York be able to go to that next level in, in some sort of, uh, um, you know, matching what it is now where we have some of these uh, local kids on the team. We have, uh, you know, Richie from uh, Richmond Hill. We got Max Ferrari from here and, and now bringing in, uh, bringing in some players, uh, whether it be right from the start or, or ones that uh, you've brought in, uh, that are now making waves uh, in France, if it's Abzi, uh, in Poland, uh, for Zator, and both of those uh, guys are in pretty pretty tough relegation battles, but, but every week we see those guys playing like 90 minutes and starting every week, which is outstanding. Um, the, the duo on Huntsville City, um, yeah, it was nice to see. Uh, nice pro. Nice to see Isaiah as captain last week on uh, Huntsville for their home opener as well. Um, so yeah, I know uh, from chatting to his dad and his mum, who are still phenomenal supporters of our club. Um, like Daryl is brilliant. He has his suite still just a couple of doors down from uh, where I'll be normally, and. Uh, I love the fact that Isaiah's gone down there and is now starting to settle properly, captaining that team and doing what he can do. But I love the fact that still the connection that he is still back in the stadium and watching. And even uh, Ronan Kratt, while well, he's uh, still across in Germany, that uh, his dad, that Martin's still turning up and he feels part of this as well. So it's awesome that... Um, what we're building there in connection to former players and things. And even some of the dialogue I had with Zat when he got called up for uh, the last Canada squad. Um, it, it shows that we've been doing the right things um, by our players, that they, that they still care for this football club um, and their families still care about it as well. All right. So uh, I want to thank, and good thing we're hitting about the, the hour mark here. So I want to, wrap things up and keep it all nice and tidy but uh i'd I'd like to do a shout out to our pride raiser campaign which will be in june um you can find the links on all of our social media pages and we also have a fundraiser for our very own coach juan who does etobicoke united fc uh definitely think there are some causes that are worth some coin if you're a a fan of york united and we're trying to keep these things kind of going and uh again thank you angus for for being here Thank you so much, Angus. Really appreciate it as always, Cersei. And uh, we see the uh, the work that's happening with the uh, uh, North York Academy coming to visit and with the uh, Woodbridge and uh, Vaughn coming to play at YLS as a doubleheader. We see all these like partnerships uh, growing locally uh, within the community. So please uh, keep up that fantastic stuff for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And we're hoping to actually have some more doubleheaders later in the year with uh, our own academy potentially playing as well. Um, but Whenever we put these double headers together, a massive sort of like thanks has to go to, to Brittany in our front office. Um, the job right now that she is doing, um, 
when it is a double header, when it is that extra three, four hours early in gates opening and things like that, is phenomenal. Um, and uh, on the weekend, um, we really do hope that you'll uh, you'll get down earlier as well. Um, we're certainly going to do um, five dollar uh, Carlsbergs again uh, before kickoff for the hour before our kickoff. Um, so uh, we hope that you can get down there. Thank enjoy, God. Uh, yeah, a late Sunday afternoon. Best deal week. ever. <laughs> and we we actually we have to say thank you to uh, our partners at Carlsberg there as well. Um, they've been very good to us in setting things up there too. Please send them all of our thanks. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You heard it. This is why you're listening to Shoes Off of the Blue and Green is. Breaking news like that is uh, the five dollar free green will return. So we uh, it, it'll be you know, on it'll be on four yeah. till five on Sunday. So um, yeah, it'll be four till there five before kickoff. But you should still get down early and uh, and support both of these teams in League One um, mm-hmm. with that game before ours. But no, I'm going to uh, leave you all at this point because you're probably fed up and want to uh, speak independently without me listening into all of this. Um, but look, I, I just wanted to join because it was the first one on uh, Spaces of the Year. And uh, again, thank you all. Um, and I know there were a number of you that were up in Halifax at the weekend as well. Um, so uh, thanks to everyone that made that trip and uh, continues to make trips around the country. And uh, look forward to seeing you all soon. Um, I think you're going to be uh, excited with, obviously, uh, things that are going on on the field on, on Sunday, but I think we're also going to have some uh, some int- some things that will interest you and uh, some some people who are uh, big fans of uh, what Rob has done with merch over the last couple of years. Uh, we, we've got something pretty exciting happening in the next little while as well, so uh, I'll leave you all with that, but um, I wish you all a great night and catch up soon. All right, thank you. Thank you for always coming on and being such an open and honest person with the club and with us. Yeah, it's it's really nice to have uh, Angus join and and break down a few things that, uh, you know, looking through the injuries, it's uh, we haven't seen much of of JGL, and he's uh, hopefully on his way back. Sounds like Mo and Roger might be a bit further out, but on the on the good side of things, like the guys we've been getting back uh, ever since we've got Tasmer Kudis back, he's played ninety minutes solid since, and and even though a couple of those were in the four win losses, we looked a bit better. I just want a quick, you know, couple minutes, and and now anyone can join that wants to join. You can request to speak. We've got a couple of different lineup formations that we've had, so. Moving kind of forward and looking a bit back on the two we've had, the most common one we've had both last year and this year was the four, two, three, one. So the two holding midfields uh, and then the two wingers up top and the one striker. But we've played a little bit of four, four, two, um, where we've been playing both Di Rosario and Wright. Um, and I know Namu, I know you like the talking tactics, and I know kind of everyone here has their opinion on some of the players that either have or haven't been scoring. So uh, quick thoughts on uh, kind of formations we might want to do moving forward. What has worked? What hasn't worked? I would just say, you know, like before this uh, 3-0 away win at Halifax, you know, we were kind of talking about the different formations we'd like to see. 
But I mean, like you know, we just had a you know a Lou at the number ten work uh, brilliantly, right? So uh, obviously you can't mess with the winning formula. So I'm sure we're gonna see that at least for the next uh, two three games or so. Uh, and it all obviously depends on when Mo comes back as well, right? But the 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 one big kind of like theory that I had uh, before the win was uh, you know if uh, Mo's not on the uh, roster, then I was wondering does it still make sense to play a four two three one with your like number ten your uh, center attacking mid kind of as a centerpiece, right? But uh, now we know that uh, Alu can fill that role quite well as well. So uh, I'm assuming we're going to still see that 4-2-3-1 uh, for a while. I think that 4-4-2 hasn't worked for us at all this year. Like we've seen the 4-4-2 maybe two, three times uh, this year so far uh, with probably usually like, you know, D-Row and right up top. Uh, you know, I just don't see that build-up play. It's, it doesn't look pretty. Um, so I, I've never been a fan of 4-4-2 unless like uh, it's a specific type of a roster. Uh, I've kind of wanted to see a 4-3-3 with this uh, squad. Um, but, you know, it seems like the 4-2-3 one is the way to go, man. Uh, and I'll say real quick, I, I just got home. So I'm going to be kind of probably on mute for a little bit. But I'll be listening in for sure. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right. We appreciate that, Nimi. Yeah, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. I think one of the last things we can look at is, again, the table, where we're at now and where we'll be moving forward. So once we got the win against Halifax on Saturday... May 20th that did move us into third place temporarily uh but then valor tied and cavalry won their first game of the season uh pushing us to fifth now under the new playoff format that means we do have a, i guess a playoff spot technically but just looking at the table uh forge and pacific are one and two the only two teams in double digit points cavalry is third on eight points so we'll get to what that means if we beat them, we'll pass them. Then Valor's one point ahead of us on seven points. Uh, we're tied with Vancouver FC on six points, and both Atletico and Wanderers are right behind us with five. So uh, from three to eight in the table, it's very, very close right now. But if we do beat Cavalry, our nine points are more than their eight, but they're just coming off a win. So what do we think about how uh, the next week is going to go in which we Play, uh, play cavalry at home and then we go to forge so that means we play the third and the first place team let's say josh and everyone else <laughs> i'm going to request a couple more people to be speakers here as well i want to get your thoughts I know, like, I uh, I sent the uh, request out to a couple of the guys earlier as well. I said, don't be shy. I see Thomas in here. I see uh, Juan in here. I see Mike in here. I'm sure you guys might be busy. I uh, I see uh, Fernando's in here. Like, you know, he's, he can speak. If you want. Hey, guys. So it's all friends in here. So please, don't be shy. I was literally drinking a beer. I completely missed what you were saying. So I defer to Thomas. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think the difference between the Wanderers and Cavalry, Cavalry is that the Wanderers, their five draws were more like, you know, after that sort of dose reality, that's probably more like them. Whereas for Cavalry, the five draws were, the five draws were, whereas for the Wanderers, it was going undefeated. For the Cavs, it was more like just, they were getting very close. I think they like never beat Ottawa, especially at home. So it's very promising from them. They're a great team, but I think if you were to just stick to their principles that they had in the last match, then... I think it'll be a, they'll have a very, very good chance. But Cavalry, they're coming up. Myra Bevan, who's on fire at the moment. 
Um, obviously, Escalante is going to get in the people's faces. But I think... I don't know if this team can draw a game, but I think I'd have to go for a draw, maybe 2-2. All right. Yeah, let's give, uh, actually, score predictions for Cavalry and Forge since we got both in the same week. So, like, the 2-2 in our home game. What about when we uh, have our first... 905 Derby on the road on the 31st. I mean, one, I don't know who it was in the group chat, but someone said uh, the new chant, the we only win away chant, that I have a feeling, given what happened the last time York was in Hamilton. Uh, two, not the last time, but the one before that when uh, we came out with the 3 1 win. I think it's going to be something similar. I would hate to say another draw, but I I sort of can't see Forge um, staying undefeated for much longer, so I'd maybe go for a 2-1 York. But I'm always way more optimistic than I should be. No. My prediction. I got my prediction there. So for the weekend, Sunday, we got a uh, Cavs. And Thomas, I want to say that was a, that was a, I, I came up with that chant. <laughs> it was just going off that uh, usual chant that we do yeah. about the Nine Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> we only went away, so I'm gonna say Cavs. We're uh, we're two one Cavs, and we're gonna be three two against four. All right, let's. Um, I'm gonna say. See, Cavs do usually pretty well against us, and Carducci gets the clean sheet. So I'm gonna say it's a uh, Sunday. We're gonna go down one nil, but then it's gonna fire up the boys who are once again road warriors and. We're going to go to that game. I'm going to go to that game and watch us win 2-0 in Forge. Let's do it. Do we have uh, any last couple score predictions before we kind of wrap things up here for this first episode? I don't have any score predictions, but I was going to say, like, um, I don't think I've ever seen a, a Sunday game at 5 p.m. before. That is a, not a great time the weirdest for time. a game on a weekend. It is, right? It's not easy to get to. I mean, it sort of helps with this, like the double header, which maybe they were planning that before, and they only got it sorted like recently. But still, it's just—it's not even like a traditional like seven o'clock or like a two o'clock. It's five. It's right in the middle. I guess it gets me at home a little bit earlier at the end of things. But we also have, I think, a home game against Forge that's like seven on a Sunday too. So. That's uh, that know, also things, is a lead uh, one double header. Yeah, yeah time, time's all over the place. So yeah, so yeah, I think we'll kind of about end it here. That our next home game is very very soon. It's this Sunday, May twenty eighth. Starts at five p.m. Um, and yeah, come join us in the supporters section as well, uh, and uh, invite people and. I think for the Wednesday game, I'm bringing someone to their first ever CPL game, uh, which will be exciting. So that one is if you can make it to Hamilton um, on the 31st, which is Wednesday, we play our first ever 905 Derby on the road for the 2023 season. So we go to Forge, who right now are three wins, three draws, and haven't lost. So I guess that means I'm predicting their first ever loss this season. I don't know if that's uh, a good omen or a bad one. But again, we seem to have Forge's number compared to a few of the other teams. And uh, they've been playing really well. But 
we have to maybe hope for a letdown after they played Montreal. Um, I was just even listening to uh, the uh, footy uh, footy first uh, Nico's podcast, uh, a radio show with uh, him and Nick, and now Sergio Camargo's on that one as well. Hopefully, we can be on the winning side against Sergio Camargo uh, this Sunday, even though he just scored. Um, they Jason. were kind of going on and predicting a uh, CPL team making the Voyagers Cup finals, but I guess we did not see that. So hopefully these these uh, these one and two seeds right now, Forge and Pacific, get a little bit deflated that they could not do it against the, uh, the Voyagers Cup competition. And now that final is Montreal against the Vancouver Whitecaps, the team that defeated us in a game where... That first half where we looked really, really good, um, and then things caught up. And like Angus eloquently said, uh, goal off Elijah Adekube's ass uh, kind of sunk our V Cup run. So, Jason, uh, real quick, before you wrap it up, ass, does anyone have any last thoughts before we wrap up? I want to say, uh, you know, uh, we had uh, one very important topic that we hadn't discussed that I wanted to ask if uh, people wanted to uh, chime in with their thoughts. And that's the uh, the sale of the club to CSB and all the, the potential sale that might be happening and all that, right? And it, I was actually going to even ask Angus uh, before he left. I was going to ask, like, uh, you know, what's the status of uh, Woodvine, the latest that he can share? What's the, um, uh, the, the factor, like, uh, what's the impact of the World Cup and all the funding that's kind of available with that? Uh, playing a role in all this, you know, like whether there's any World Cup funding that's available for Woodbine from the CSA, from the city, or from the province. But uh, I just want to ask you guys real quick, like, are your guys' quick thoughts on this whole sale process so far over the past month or two? I think the World Cup's definitely going to help Woodbine a bit, whether it ends up becoming the home to the current, the, what we currently know as York United, but obviously we know anything can be. Up in the air. As for the sale, what I'm very interested to see is what the transfer market looks like. And if it's just going to be an Angus thing, getting transfers, or behind the scenes, CSB, is that either going to be leaving pressure on other teams to uh, accept deals, given that the, you know, the, the, the big fish that is CSB is controlling the club right now. And if there's anything sort of behind the scenes that might affect uh, either uh, a low amount of transfers coming in or no transfers coming in or a high amount of transfers coming in. That's a great point because we know Edmonton had that whole special deal last year. Like uh, it was such a basket case, right? Uh, exactly. You know, like, uh, I think exactly. Like, you know, we helped out um, Edmonton so much with uh, like, you know, um, uh, Tobias and with uh, Ezra Gonzalez and all that. And there's like so much other like loans happening and all that. I'm obviously hoping like um, right now, you know, nobody said anything even close to that for YU and stuff. But it's a great question to consider over the next, um, I don't know, three to six months or so. So great point, man. Yeah, I uh, I was someone that once I first heard it, it, it didn't feel like good news. I was like, oh crap, like is this the actual end like immediately? But I don't, think um first of all i don't think we'll really see the cpl without a, a gta like a, a toronto kind of team at any one time like they'll either you know if they if they like want to quote unquote shut york down i don't think that happens without something 
I don't know if it's Mississauga. I don't know if it's further downtown. I don't know if it's Vaughn or wherever it is on a building that's not built yet. Um, you got to hope that like they'd move to there or something. But um, I mean, in terms of who would be interested, yeah, hopefully someone says, hey, there's a, a Toronto team and, and market I could get behind. But um, on the side of controversial topic, on the side of, the original owners and the founders of the team, um, do we feel more on the side of, hey, like, thank you for bringing us York, thank you for bringing us this team? Or is it a little bit more resentment and kind of like, hey, you were here for a bit, but less than five years, we're, we're out the door? Like, I maybe I'm a bit towards the, the second one. What do, what do you guys think, though? That's such a great question that you asked, man, because, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, we have nothing but thanks uh, for the most part for the uh, Valdezaras. And, you know, like, I, I never knew, like, their net value. I don't know, like, you know, anything about them financially and stuff like that. But, you know, I've always kind of gone with the idea that they're, like, a you know, pretty big deal within the GTA. You know, I pass by Green Park uh, uh, model houses, like, all the time in, uh, in, the, in Richmond Hill and stuff like that, right? Um, you know, like, knowing, you know, like, seeing back in 2019 that they had this big, uh, fifteen thousand seater stadium that they had planned in uh North Vaughan or no no in King City in King City right, and seeing all these discussions about a massive uh, not uh, not a massive but you know eight thousand seater at uh, Woodbine that Green Park was gonna help with, you know it all made so much sense, so it was such a like um like a rug being pulled under you when that news of the sale broke out it just didn't make any sense to me I was like what the heck right and um who knows what's going on behind the scenes. I'm sure there's so much unknowns that, you know, we'd love to ask Angus one day, but, you know, that's obviously, like, for much later down the road. But um, I think I heard that um, the elder Baldessara had uh, passed away uh, over, uh, like, in January or February, something like that. You know, I should actually probably Google that, but uh, that, I guess, uh, could definitely be a, a factor, maybe. Like, I don't know, like, uh, with the, 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 you know, the group, you know, the sons having to figure out, like, uh, what their business, like, who's going to go to what, are they going to keep it together? I have no idea, right? But, you know, just, like, things like that could be a factor. I don't think the, the CEO retiring at Woodbine is going to be as big a factor, personally, because I feel like, you know, they'd continue that. But, uh, yeah, the Green Park thing was a massive blow for us. And um, without us knowing what's going on, there's not much we can say. But it's true that, you know, they didn't spend uh, what we are hoping they'd spend, right? So it's a bittersweet for sure, man. What do you guys think? We got a. Sorry, what what was the what was the what was the original question? I guess it's more or less like on the like just our general feelings and and thoughts on the news of the sale to to CSB. Is it um, like I initially felt kind of you know pretty. more on the upset side and the gloom and doom side. And then between even actually listening to um, the uh, stand up for why you podcast uh, episode with uh, Angus and, and listening to, the, to them on the other, um, other medians, like just reading on even can pl.ca articles about how uh, everyone's staying in place. Like if, if the sale happened and, and Angus and, and stuff weren't there anymore, that's a totally different situation where I'm, I'm really worried about the state of things. But now I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be seeing New York again in 2024, hopefully 2025 and, and beyond. And, and whether it's in York Lions Stadium, but 
um like like angus said on some of the podcasts and other places like we want our own home and that would go a long way in having our own facilities in which they could be totally branded like whether or not we outright own it or not whether it's it's like looking at some of those renderings of woodbine where that looks like a york united stadium how awesome would that be and, and that's what we really you know hope for is something like that and i think that's kind of more what we're probably likely to go to than just disappear and become like the, you know, Toronto blizzard 2.0 or, or Toronto like TFC CPL. So uh, either Thomas or, or Fern or anyone, like, what do you think about when you maybe either heard the news, but now it's been a few weeks to what you think now, it doesn't seem too much to change, but Namely makes a good point. Like, is this going to affect, transfers in any way or, or is is that kind of overthinking it's business as usual i think in terms of like my thoughts like toward the baldassar is it's more for every you know beautiful goal that's scored that's celebrated for every you know attacker that's doing very well like there's there's someone on defense that's you know underlooked underappreciated maybe a bit that has to do the the tough work has to grind out every to win every ball and get the ball up to the Tigers. I think that's sort of what happened with the Baldessaras. They they were the ones that were sort of... They, they were sort of forced into it a very tough time with COVID. You lost a year of revenue. You lost all the, the momentum that you might have had from year one. And I think that sort of put a halt to what the CPL might have been creating. But... When this club, and I'm very convinced this club will become huge and it will be a beautiful thing and the CPL will be a beautiful thing. Um, I'm very confident and optimistic about the future. And when it becomes big, it will, we'll go back to this point and we will thank the Bald Stars for be, uh, helping establish this league. And you know we'll all be able to say I was there when this, this revolution of Canadian soccer started. Yeah, I uh, I really like the thought of that, Namu. What do you think? I thought that was a really well put, Thomas. Like, uh, you know, it's true. We should be even uh, lucky, appreciative, and grateful that we even have these owners who were willing to lose money uh, to put a team in uh, in uh, in the CPL, in the GTA. Like, going up against TFC, going up against Rogers and Bell, going up against the um, MLC and all that, right? It's a crazy uh, underdog of a fight that uh, we all kind of like um, fell in love with, right? So we should be even grateful that we even have these owners to begin with. Um, and I'm overall, you know, like, you know, our group chat, we're always kind of discussing. Some of us are pessimistic. Some of us are optimistic about the chances uh, of, uh, you know, what, who are we going to have new owners for next year? That kind of stuff, right? Overall, I'm like pretty optimistic considering all the factors, even trying to be as neutral as possible. You know, like, like, like somebody said, like fourth biggest uh, city in North America, World Cup's coming like in three years, so there's like funding to be had. Woodbine uh, has a uh, set aside land for us. Like, there's a lot of like good potential. You know, you don't buy the club just based on what you see right now. Uh, there's a lot of potential. I think that's there. That's uh, attractive for potential new owners. I yeah, I absolutely think so. There's uh, a lot to look at even in the transfer market i think that's something that york united 
really shines with that even goes a bit under the radar for whatever reason is like you look at some of the I, I brought up a few of the guys on the call when uh with Angus and talking about how just you look at Abzi and uh Zator uh crushing it in Europe and then you look at even uh MLS Next Pro were doing well. Other than like I'm thinking maybe you have uh like Lucas McNaughton and Mo Farsi that have gone pretty far, but those are just, you know, one guy a piece from those teams. And um, I think York with like the you know, quote unquote sell on or just, you know, getting guys onto other teams has, has been really well. So that's a good track record that, that then might hopefully have uh, people a bit interested in saying, Hey, I want this team. We got a, uh, we got our, our CEO president GM already, uh, in place and we already have we kind of have a like young up-and-coming uh, coach we have some young local stars so hopefully that appeals to someone and it- it's a tough thing I- I'm reading uh, books soccernomics right now um, it gets to uh, a lot of this is it's not the best business always is, is owning a-, a football team if all you're looking for is just dollars and cents but it can be an incredible business for the, the culture and the community and just being a fan of the sport and, and saying, like, you know, you want this league to grow. Like, it's very outstanding what um, uh, you look at what's happening out west where uh, Josh Simpson, but also Rob Friend. Like, I remember watching Rob Friend play for the national team, uh, owns a couple teams and is putting a lot of money into it. And hopefully... Um, between you know the CPL and I know a few of us are going to be uh, fans of Project Eight uh, as well. It, it's cool to see players uh, involved in this, and hopefully, uh, something I keep thinking about is like, what if you know Alfonso Davies says, "I want to bring a team to Edmonton," and there's a perfect spot there, and then the CPL for that. Um, you know, Toronto's a big enough city that hopefully there, there's someone saying. We're going to have a team um, that's uh, a team that could be a star in the CPL because if a team wins enough, you know, being in Toronto, like people will go and see a team that, that's winning a, a title. Like you got a lot of choices of sports and, and other things to do here in Toronto and York, unfortunately to get people in the supporter stand has been a bit more of a struggle, but I mean, I think if they're doing really well in the standings, um, which we can get to, I think, if the squad plays like they just did, um, people are going to be hopefully wanting to buy the team, not change a whole lot, but improve a whole lot. And something notable Angus said is, uh, I think he said the CSB is looking to put some some more money and they're going to hire some more staff. So that's some cool breaking news on, on here was uh, – uh, the staff might be increasing and then hopefully uh, that that presence of, hey, we got professional soccer right here uh, will grow a little bit because, uh, you know, I'm buying a, a board game from someone off of Kijiji, actually, and was telling him, trying to tell him about the York United game I was going to. And it's uh, hard not to convince the guy that I wasn't going to a TFC game because that's, uh, you know grown a bit but uh, that's that's what sometimes when you talk to people about professional soccer they're still thinking of so let's see if york and i can change that but thomas what do you uh what do you think well i was just thinking when you said alfonso davies and the cpl alfonso davies is 
prior to the CPL, and Alfonso Davies for Canada would be once in 50 years. But because of the CPL and this pipeline and this, you know, this, this pathway, and a, it, it's a league that will elevate young players, especially Alfonso Davies for Canada, it's not once in 50 years. It's once in 5, 10 years. And the next Alfonso Davies will come through the CPL. Yeah, that's that's really awesome, and I, I agree. We we have uh, it, it took like a, a almost a lifetime for a lot of us to see one superstar. And if you look at even Davies and David, who is going to have an exciting summer, kind of probably choosing where he wants to go. Uh, who knows if Davies does the same and even moves up to to somewhere else? But he's uh, both of them got to be think you know players that we're going to see a little bit more of like there's actually a player i i didn't mention earlier and now cavalry fans will be pretty mad at me for not thinking of joel waterman that was uh someone who just really played i think the one year went straight to montreal didn't play a whole ton in the first year there but that's kind of be expected with the young player and he's constantly starting now for them especially with uh Alistair Johnson, Kamal Miller gone. Uh, you're seeing Joel Waterman, CPLer, um, and he's, I believe, one of the names. And if you look at some of the the guys on there that used to play for York, like Satoru's on there as well, uh, that called up to that provisionary squad. So uh, as things go, that provisionary squad is going to turn into the World Cup squad in, in 2026. We got a few years to have some of these guys where you can really see it in a, in like a max Ferrari, if he keeps things going. And if Osazi de reserve starts getting on the scoreboard and, and can have a year like he did last year, hopefully the CPL to even world cup pipeline could happen. And uh, we saw kind of even James Pantanis was ended up being the third string keeper. So there's that little bit of CPL presence in the world cup is, has already happened. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's as much gloom and doom when you really look at it rationally at the state of just professional soccer in, in the country and around the world. Like, it's not like, like there's even a new CONCACAF Champions League uh, format. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense now for the CPL to drop out when we have that format and we have um, some teams that are really strong, teams that have had good performances in CONCACAF and I'm excited for next year's tournament we're gonna have whoever the league champion is um whoever the the playoff microwave plate champion is and uh looks like the CPL's third route to the Voyager's Cup in the Canadian Championship is no longer an option but speaking of run out we have pretty much run out of time here and and gone a bit over an hour we're less than an hour and a half though which is our max cutoff but any very, very, very last thoughts, anybody? We'd love to hear them, but otherwise we'll wrap up in a couple minutes. Uh, Namu or, or Thomas or anyone got anything else to say before we sign off? Free NCT. Only... <laughs> <laughs> very nice, Thomas. I'm going to go with uh, free NCTV. Uh, what do you think, Namu? I was just going to say uh, it's so good to um, do this again. First time in 2023. And uh, let's definitely do this uh, uh, regularly. And it was so good to hear from Angus. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, let's keep it going. This is great to uh, just, you know, talk uh, why you with all you guys. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll be on here again more often soon now that the season's up and running. We'll have a couple things going. We'll have this live show 
that's literally just kind of we'll pick it up and go but don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well we have a couple episodes as well that's being run by uh josh who joined us here today as well as uh chris and ronan and um it's a uh it's a fun time wherever you're joining us thank you uh, to anyone that's listening to this live, we had a, a few people join, especially in the middle there. If anyone's listening on the recording as well, we appreciate you spending some time just listening to us talking about you. Sorry, guys. We hope you'll oh. join us again for a future show. What's up? Hey, hello. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Uh, so this is recorded, right? Like, how do I get the recording? Because I just want to catch up from the first part where Angus said all that mumbo-jumbo. So... I kind of have to – I'm, I'm going to keep it short, guys. You know how I feel about this. I, what he said was, was BS. I know it's BS. Sorry I don't want to offend anybody. I did interviews, pitch side, everything like that. They're just pulling out their, their back end. So is there a way to just kind of – where do I get the recording of this so I can listen to the first part? Yeah, let's go. If you want to listen to the recording, this episode was recorded. We uh, actually have it once the show is okay. done. So, like, once we hit end on it, you can hit play recording, and it just plays it kind of like a regular episode. Um, so you can listen to it that way. Plus, hopefully it's recorded. I'm going to use my uh, my tech brain and see if I can maybe throw this up on something like YouTube or something like that. But either way, um, it'll just be, like, one of the tweets on this account at York Supporters, and you can listen to the whole episode and even kind of zoom in and out. Amazing. There. And, Jason, if you can get the audio... Uh, like isolated, it'd be a fantastic like a uh, podcast feed thingy as well too. So yeah. definitely something that we could look into uh for sure. Uh, but yeah, definitely tweet it out, tweet out the link because it's a perfect like a like a like a podcast episode uh, as a uh, just to listen in like after the fact. I believe the recording is good on Twitter up to twenty eight <laughs> days. We have twenty eight days to listen to it. All right, perfect. Listen to this live. Uh, going through the, the tech support, the options and everything. So we'll have it up for you. We'll figure that out. But if you just listen to us on Twitter or you're listening to us elsewhere, because we did figure out how to get it onto your podcast or YouTube, we appreciate you listening to Shoes Off for the Blue and Green. Have a good night, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Yep. Have a good night. Have a good night.